Club members. I'm Kate, and I spent my day off looking at dirty plates at a thrift store. Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more. So I'm planning a wedding, and I don't know if you guys have heard, but weddings are expensive for literally no reason. And to rent, because like you wouldn't think. To impress people, Kate. To impress, yeah. Because people care about what plates you have. So I'm like, that's stupid. I'm not going to pay. I swear to God, I think it's like $3.50 a plate. Just for the plate. Just for the plate. It's it's, I'm I can't even get into it right now. The rental fee, it's stupid. So I was like, no, I'm gonna go to we have like a billion local thrift shops. I'm gonna like hit them all up and I'm gonna find mismatched China and it's gonna be super cute. Yeah, Mm. I mean it's a nice it's a really nice idea. It sounds tiring (laughs) though, I will say. So I I can already see where this is going. I found maybe one good plate and the rest are just donated cafeteria plates with food stains on them. So probably better in concept than an actual execution. How many do you need? Uh, A lot, like a hundred of them. So (laughs) one down, 99 (laughs) to go. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that. (laughs) Oh, and I'm Emma and I spent my day off, uh, trying to understand the green knight and i'm still not there so like the movie if you understood the green knight the movie and the lore from which it comes let me know because i was very confused during it i've heard that from a few people i'm very excited to watch it myself. it has great reviews i just oh. like i made me feel like i wasn't intellectual enough <laughs> you just didn't get it well we're not here to talk about the green knight we're here to talk about something i actually don't know what we're talking about it's emma's turn <laughs> She's in charge it of the episode. It is my turn. So today, uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit true, a lot of bit crimey. I figured as much. <laughs> it's been like three rounds of not true crime, so. You knew you were due. And also after Project Scare Emma, yeah, I saw this coming. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you, you think you're not going to get it back. But what I actually did is I abstained from doing something that was you know, just regular old, uh, this person got murdered. And instead, I thought I would do something with, with a little bit of a twist that some of you may have heard of, but may not know the full story. Um, oh, I'll give you a hint, Kate. Okay. It's about a physician who is was Dr. criminally Death? charged. Dr. Death. It is. Uh. It's Dr. Christopher Dunch. We're going to talk about him and what a horrific piece of shit he was. I don't, you know, I don't listen to true crime podcasts. You know this. This I don't like true crime. Yeah, this one is uniquely horrifying. One is the truest of true crime, um, but really it's horrifying because he was in plain sight and also there's a question of was he did he have malicious intent or was this negligence and i'm gonna let kate i'm gonna let you decide on that after you hear the story i know the story of dr death this is one that actually interests me because it because it involves the medical profession and it was i know for one thing it was like one of the first times that a medical professional was charged criminally like for, for what for their acts as a physician do you remember how many people he has been accused of injuring jesus no i don't i i block that part out how many so in a little less than two years of the 38 patients he operated on he was accused of injuring 33 of them (gasps) 
Oh my God. I know. Whenever, I, so I, I listened to a podcast on this, um, which I had mixed reviews. It was a little too dramatic for me, but um, I learned a lot from it, but I had did not remember ha- quite how many people he injured in such a short period of time. So, and, and when you, when you say injured, I know some of them were extremely grievous injuries. Yeah. I think a better term would maybe be maimed. Maimed. And yeah. on occasion killed. Oh my God. This guy yeah. is such a piece of shit. Such psycho. Psychopath. Yeah. I mean, that, that's for y'all to decide. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened and I, then we can decide the end of it. Whether or not we think there was real intent there or was this guy just very, very negligent and an egomaniac. Either 33 way, out of 38. That's It's insane. It really is. All right. Hit me. Give me. I'm not going to sleep tonight over this. <laughs> Yeah, this one is uh, deeply troubling. And when I was reading some of it, now that like I have at least a little bit of like a clinical context, it's honestly actually made it more horrifying because I was just like, no, like if you've studied, like, no, none of those things are even kind of okay or like kind of normal outcomes. And Um, um, for reference, if you if you guys are new club members, um, Emma and I are both in the medical field. Emma is um, in her first year of residency. Um, as like a human doctor, I'm a, I'm an animal doctor. I'm a veterinarian. So my, I don't have the same, I know he was in, I know Dr. Jets was a neurologist and I know about some of the surgeries he's performed that you're going to talk about. Um, I have seen, we do those same surgeries in animals. So yeah, I think that you're going to honestly have more to contribute to this conversation because I do, um, internal medicine, which is, um, uh, is not surgical and Kate's kind of a jack of all trades as a vet so she does both the internal medicine kind of things like you know treating someone who has like a bad pancreas or whatever um that's like the worst explanation of internal medicine I could possibly give he got but. a bad pancreas <laughs> a UTI or like lung disease or cancer you know all that stuff would go under the bucket of internal medicine and then surgery is well surgery and Kate, as a vet, she actually does it all for her patients. And she's also a bit of a dentist. I hate doing dentals so much. But I don't do back surgery. That's one thing that I I won't do. Like It is high price real estate. It's um we have neurologists that do that. Um I'm not ever, ever gonna cut into a dog's back. That's it's cause it's so in you can mess up and kill them, but I, so I guess that is a good point. Like, like is what Dr. Death did just horrible negligence and ego versus malicious intent. Okay. Refresh my memory. Tell me, tell me more about this man. Sure. So he was born, um, I think in Montana, but he grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. We're starting at his birth. Yeah. We're not going to, we're you not know, gonna this is a long. mini episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to stay there long, but I just want to paint a picture of this man. So, mm. Mainly because there were like a couple of things that I related to. Um, so he went to Millsaps for college, which Kate, and I, Kate and I know because it's in Mississippi. And we both like I think, toured there for college. Um, and he was um, actually he played football, which I think in a weird way kind of makes sense. Not It's not that I'm saying anything about football players, but for this guy, they, he was described by fellow football players as working hard but lacking talent. Oh, God. I don't quite know what that has to do with anything, but it is pretty damning. (laughs) Um, And then, so he, for his medical training, he did in fact go to med school. He actually went where my uh, 
boyfriend, who is in fact a good doctor, went to medical school. He went to UT uh, Health Science Center. So that's the University of Tennessee Health Science Science Centers in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, what's wild to me, so um, our older sister did an MD PhD, and it's like a you know it's like a big hotty toddy like impressive combination of training in medicine um, where you do four years to get your medical degree, but you also train and get your PhD, which allows you to run a lab. Um, so that you, takes like six or eight years. Yeah, it takes a long time. Um, An additional six or eight years. Yeah, so it's definitely like, yeah, uh, doubling your time. Um, Did so this impressive. guy have an MD-PhD? Yeah, so he got an MD-PhD. Wow. Which is... Which means he must have not been a complete dummy because they don't just let anyone in to no. do an MD-PhD. It's competitive. All It's one of those things that you get in where you get in. You're not like, oh, I want to do an MD-PhD at like no. Hopkins. You're like, I like want to do an MD-PhD wherever will take me. Yeah, you'll be lucky to get me. that program. Yeah, exactly. Because there's just like a couple of people in every med school class who have that. But okay. So he obviously had some sort of... Uh, talent or some sort of at least not maybe not talent because talent would require developing a skill some but at sort least of some competency sort of, exactly some sort of competency and intelligence so he did that and then he went on to do a he actually stayed at ut health science center for medical school um, and then for residency he did a residency in neurosurgery um, which again a very competitive uh, residency program so you can't really be an, a, a dummy and do that Um, And then he went on to do a spine fellowship. So he actually did have a lot of training. But the catch is that in doing all this training, he completed residency. So that, how many years is that for neurosurgery? Let me look it up. Neurosurgery years residency. Because it kind of varies. Like, so I'm doing three years for internal medicine. By comparison, neurosurgery takes seven years. Jesus. So he know, got his MD, PhD, and then he did seven additional years. It's a big commitment of time. You could die. Like, <laughs> yeah, like any time so in life. those like 20 years and just not get to use your degree. Yeah, I mean, so true. I'm like starting residency. I'm like, maybe I'll not do a fellowship just because I'm tired of being in school. Um, you know? Don't go to school, kids. Don't go to school, kids. Um, just kidding. Go to school. Get off this podcast no. and go to school. Don't go to, don't go to school. <laughs> Um, anyway, but the the kicker to all of this lo- uh, lustrous and um, impressive work is that in residency, the seven year program, he was charted as doing less than a hundred surgeries. That doesn't make sense. He should have done that within a year, right? So you're right on par with that, or you're right on track with that, because a typical number of surgeries would be a thousand. For yeah. residency. So, yeah, that so doesn't track. Something is going, and I wouldn't they, wouldn't he have been caught? Wouldn't they be like, how do you not, how do you not like show up for your rotation? So, I honestly don't know about it, that. Unless you're hiding something. Unless you're hiding and lying about your procedures and your hours. So, I could forge signatures and say that I had done. So, like for internal medicine, you have to do at least five central lines to, in your residency program. Uh-huh. Um, and I could, we have, it's literally just a little card that, that um, the supervisors will fill out as you do it. And the last one you have to be able to do without any instruction. And then they say, like, if they have to instruct you at any point, then that doesn't count. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to be able to show autonomy in that skill. Um, so, I guess theoretically, I could 
forge it. But that's like not even kind of a thought or thinkable because it's serious. You're trying to you're trying to de- demonstrate your competency. You have to know how to do that. <laughs> like IRL humans. Yeah. So it's like what what end game are you getting with that? Becoming a doctor and then actually not being able to do anything. If you're a person that cares about how the title, the title and how great you look and look at me, I play football. I'm so cool, even though you're not actually good at it. Yes. I'm just wondering how he got into these programs. Uh, that I don't know. He worked but just hard enough, I guess. Well, and but I'll that's give still you, really hard. I have a theory and I'll give you um, okay, don't tell a little insight to my theory in just a couple minutes. So okay. the other thing I want us to just say from his medical training days. So some red flags earlier on. Um, I would suspect they did not know about the less than 100 surgeries he did over the totality of his residency. But what they did know is that he was suspected of using cocaine as a fourth year. Sure. Um, And so he was actually sent to an impaired physician's program for rehabilitation for the suspected cocaine use. Okay. Which, big problem, doing drugs in a surgery. So I just, I don't feel like I need to say that, but I feel like I want to say that. Yeah, I'm glad you said don't that. Don't do That's... drugs and don't do them when you're operating on human bodies. Yeah. Drug <laughs> addiction is a real problem, but Jesus, you're putting a scalpel next to someone's spine. Yeah, not okay. Under not okay. Any, in any situation. So um, his career. So he graduated, did all this training, all that got his MD, PhD, got his neurosurgery residency, got his spinal surgery fellowship. Now he's ready to practice. So he applies to uh, Baylor Plano in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, also a very sen- good school. A very good school. He submitted a 15 single spaced resume, which I think is kind of annoying, first page? of all. 15 page. So this guy just likes to flex. Yes. So this part tickles me because it also kind of hits close to home. So it tickles me in a bad way, a bad tickling. So he says, <laughs> he says, um, or I read that he graduated, he wrote in this 15 page resume that he graduated magnum cum laude from St. Jude's with a doctorate in microbiology. One of the problem with that. What? So I applied to St. Jude's. PhD program Mm -hmm. and when I applied to it in 2017 16 it was the first year that it was being created so he made it up he made that up that did not exist it it it, by tens of years by a decade that didn't exist he just made that up he just wrote it in his thing but can't you look this stuff up when when were these things happening you would think someone who's reviewing a like this like 2010 or so no someone reviewing this would say hey, I uh, know St. Jude's and I know they don't have a PhD program. So how that got through, I don't know, but it did. And he he landed a job. I'm What I'm catching so far is that these maimings and deaths are not entirely, They, I mean, they're obviously this guy's fault, but a lot of fuck ups happened. A yes. lot of, a so lot Swiss of cheese errors. Model. Mm-hmm. A lot of errors happened to allow these maimings. Yes, I think what I'm scares really people. I'm really disappointed. I know. I think what scares people the most about this case is that it's not about him because it's like, oh, that's a bad person. But when you have to pull back and say, why are there so many holes in the system that this can happen? That's when it gets really scary. Okay, keep keep going. So he started his job at um, Baylor. Horrified. 
and he was said to be very boastful, but could not wield a scalpel. Did you just I'm call sure it that- a scalpel? <laughs> yeah, Emma, you have an MD, I right? Am, I've used a scalpel before. I'm Scapples. tired. Nurse, he could not use, And I said it so proudly, too. I said he could not use a scalpel. You sure did. So <laughs> smug. I'm just imagining you being like, scalpel, and your nurse All right, being like, I went what? into medicine, no. not surgery, so. You don't a get a scalpel if you pronounce it scalpel. Uh, okay, I can do sutures and things. I'm not quite that incompetent, but <laughs> you wouldn't know it. <laughs> don't give her a scalpel, though. Yeah, don't give <laughs> Great with scalpels, not so much with scalpels. God, just how smug you said it. It was great. <laughs> okay, but I so- agree. That's fucked up considering he presumably graduated from... I don't know why you pronounce it that way. Enunciate it. <laughs> he graduated from a scalpel we're getting school. All, we're getting all um, self-righteous and angry. <laughs> And it's just making my tongue tied. I know. But it's- he's 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 completed a neurosurgery residency. So he's had his little book signed off. Yep. But he, he can't do surgery, but he acts like he can. Yes. Which That's I think scary. feeds into the, the persona that you have described of someone who just is all about their ego. Gross. So uh, the first patient um, that he operated on at Baylor Plano was left with chronic pain. After he operated on the wrong part of his back. Oh my. How do you operate on the wrong part? So when you read about this stuff, this is when you go, I don't need to be a doctor to know that a doctor should know a part of the back. It's like, yeah, do your job. Like I under, it's like the, it's like if someone like fixed the wrong foot or like sawed off the wrong foot, that person did not study up enough or see the patient enough to know what foot, foot was broken. You know, um, not that you treat a foot by sawing it off. So is he mostly is he mostly doing like um like slip discs and things like that? Exactly. Okay. Because I've seen a few of those surgeries myself. Because like poor dachshunds, God bless yeah. him. Uh, PSA: If you have a dachshund, make sure that they are thin. Um, because fat dachshunds uh slip their discs in their backs and they get paralyzed. So, mm. um, your your fat dachshund isn't cute. It's at risk. Make sure it's skinny. Go talk to your vet. Yes. But I've I've seen a lot of like surgeries on on dachshunds whenever I was doing neurology rotations and um you you do an MR and this isn't a dog like this isn't even a human being this is an owned pet we do MRIs so you know exactly where the lesion is you're not going in blind like you know where the you know what the lesion is you know what side of the back it's on you know exactly where the lesion is and then also whenever you're doing the surgery you see the lesion so the fact that he did surgery and closed up and was like I fixed it but didn't didn't register that oh wait there's not a lesion here in the spine mm-hmm. yeah it's a problem it's impossible to do without well, he did oh without being either willfully negligent and hiding that you can't do surgeries or doing it on purpose to hurt someone yeah it almost makes you feel like there's another piece of the puzzle mi- missing because like as we know it he has an extensive surgical education so why is he doing such a bad job I don't know. So maybe we'll get a little bit more insight in a bit. But so this first patient, he operated on the wrong part of his back. And so it left him with horrible debilitating pain. So then he said, okay, okay, don't worry about it. Let me go fix it. And then he went back to fix it and he accidentally removed part of his femoral nerve and he left him paralyzed from the legs down. No. Okay. That wasn't, that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's malicious intent. 
Right? It's just I so don't hard to, to imagine. That doesn't just happen. You should understand the basic anatomy of your patient. What I don't understand is why did that hospital let him do the revision surgery? Exactly. And that's a very good point. And not, you would not have been the first one to ask that. Even if it was truly an accident, like truly like, oh crap, this is a different, this is different than we thought it was. Um, and Or even just like human error or even like, I don't know. People, he, he just gets something slightly wrong and he, he did it with the purest of intentions. Even if that was the case, that hospital administrator should have known enough to cover their freaking butt and be like, no, you are not doing the revision. We're going to have someone else do the revision so we don't get freaking sued. Yeah. So I'm not going to put make you have to sit through all the bloody details of these. But No, I'll, I can't. I'll just tell you that one, oh, two, God. at least three other people... Um, also were debilitated by his surgery at Baylor Plano. May have been oh more, but I have God. three written down here. And the one that makes that is most convincing to me that he is um, evil is that evil. one of them was his friend Jerry Summers. So he was a longtime friend, came to have two neck vertebrae, vertebrae fused. And during the operation, he removed so much muscle tissue that he left him a quadriplegic. How the hell? Why is he diving in the muscle that I have no idea. And that's where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And then on top of that, later on, Summers claimed that uh, Dunch was doing cocaine the night before his surgery. But somehow he passed a drug test. It's easy to pass a test if you cheat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Then, so basically he is racking up all these heinous surgeries. And so Baylor Plano says... What's going on? Before he could, they can fire him, he resigns. So he moves to this other place called Dallas Medical Center in Farmers Branch. Okay, there's another piece of Swiss fucking cheese right there. Exactly. They say let's. They're rather than addressing it, they're letting it become someone else's problem because they don't want to deal with like litigation. Yeah, and they don't want to deal with the bad look it would be for the hospital. Yep, just pass it down the line. Not your problem anymore. Yeah. So he Un- had temporary, unacceptable. No, it's, it's obviously heinously unacceptable. So he had temporary privileges at another place. Um, and the one, the one that I want to note was, so he had a, a patient who, um, he actually severed his vertebral artery. Um, what? and then he packed it with so much uh, like I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's that substance that stops bleeding where you, it's yeah. like a, do you know what like, I'm talking about? Ours is called Vetspawn, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, so to describe it, how would you describe it to um, it's, listeners? It's a material that can be absorbed by the body. So it's, it, it can be absorbed. You can leave it in the body, but it stop it stems bleeding. So you can pack it into bleeding wounds. Um, and then leave it be so that the body can clot around it and you don't have to take it out. So he um, put so much of that in um, that he ended up causing a stroke, which I don't even fully understand. Because because he packed it into the artery. Yeah, so that's not what it's supposed to be used for. It's not supposed to be used instead of um, addressing hemorrhage or instead of addressing like, God, if you hit an artery... That's that's not what that's for. So that's that sounds like he didn't know what he was doing. He, said, he doesn't well, know what he's doing. Well, but yes. It, are there not other surgeons in that hospital? Like, 
any surgeon would have seen that or heard of that or any got any nurse would have nurse in that building any nurse in that OR like scrub nurses are super skilled and they watch these surgeries all day they would have known and so been the like nurses what were the getting fuck? really concerned and they were saying that he had dilated pupils whenever he was doing the oh surgery oh my god um, whenever this person was having complications and needed another procedure he was busy instead of addressing that he proceeded on to do an elective surgery which means a surgery that is not that you don't have to do you it don't right have then. to do it it's not emergent it's not someone who's gonna die if they don't get it it's someone who is getting something who has maybe has chronic back pain and you're going into work on that it's someone who you're helping out but it's not it's like during covid they canceled a lot of elective surgeries because they had such limited capacity that it could only do like emergent and urgent surgeries like for well, someone who has a cancer that needs to be removed yeah i've had i had to reschedule an elective surgery last week on my surgery day and it and i didn't make a big deal out of it because ultimately the first thing that's important is the patient so like i had this is not related in at all really but I had like a bunch of procedures and um, one of them went way longer than we anticipated because there was a lot more. It was a dental and there were like all this dog's teeth had to come out. They were so diseased. And it was like 3.30. We closed at 6 and my next procedure hadn't gotten underway yet. I could have rushed that, you know. Mm -hmm. I could have been like, all right, get a Catherine. Let's get it going. But like, no. Because that, that, that dog, it's an elective procedure. Like that dog has dental disease, but it can wait another week for me to do this appropriately and for them to not be rushed and for them to have time to recover. Completely inappropriate and definitely ego. Yeah. So he went on and did that elective surgery. And then while that was happening, he, somebody else, a gentleman named Dr. Uh, Robert Henderson, a longtime surgeon, went in to go do the salvage surgery. Um, and whenever he... I went to go do it. He said that it looked like a man who had been playing with Tinker Toys because it was so horribly oh done. And he thought, like you have thought, is this an imposter? Because he seems to be missing the very basic knowledge of, of human anatomy. He went so far with his concern. He sent a picture of Dunch to um, to the medical center where his training was and said, hey, is this the guy you trained? Because I'm not so sure. And they said, actually, yeah, that is, yeah, he got his training here. But that is where the fellowship and the residency directors uh, conveyed or explained to um, Dr. Henderson about the incident with the cocaine, the rehabilitation. Are they allowed to say that? Well, they did. Okay. Um, so a bunch of other horrible things I won't tell you about, but like just a lot of just why, why is a hospital letting him continue to operate? Oh, because they weren't required to report him to the national practitioner, national practitioner database because he was on temporary privileges. So somehow that just excused them from all moral responsibility. What the fuck? I know it's crazy. I mean, on another incident at a different hospital, he, um, this was in Dallas, he ended up like removing more neck muscle because he thought it was a tumor. He and thought this was the during, muscle was a tumor? Yes. And this was during, during a routine cervical fusion. Uh, he severed vocal cords. He cut a hole in an esophagus. He vocal sliced cords? an artery. Yes. And he left a sponge in the patient and then closed up the patient with the sponge inside. Nope. No. Guess what? That patient became septic. And what that means is that patient got a horrible bacterial infection from the sponge that was left inside his body. Because you don't leave those in. That's not what that's for. No. 
So this was observed by a physician named Randall Kirby. He ended. He was so horrified and outraged, he wrote a detailed complaint to the Texas Medical Board calling him a sociopath. He is who, a sociopath. With a clear and present danger to the citizens of Texas. Oh, thank God someone's saying something. Yeah. Did uh, the so, medical board do anything? Yeah. So under the, so with the bad doctors, they're a good one. So Dr. Kirby and Dr. Henderson, the two doctors who are like, what the hell is going on here? They um, pressured the Texas Medical Board into suspending him, uh, suspending his license um, with a whole lot of probing. Um, Apparently later, the lead investigator on the case revealed that she had actually wanted to suspend it while the um, like this kind of probe was underway. But the board attorneys were not willing to go along with it. Why not? That I can't tell you. They tried to claim that um, that basically like people would be surprised how how common some of these complications in neurosurgery are, which I think are bullshit. No, no not that fucking common. Not, you're not leaving sponges in people. And like no. he left hardware in people's bodies to where you could literally feel the hardware moving. He left it in soft tissue, Kate. Okay. No, those comp- So are people on this board doctors? I'm confused. That I don't even know, honestly. Cause any, you do not have to, Emma, you're not a surgeon. And you, you would know if someone said, yeah, this guy left a lap sponge in the patient. Yeah, I would say that doesn't go there. And also, you're supposed to count all that stuff at the end to make sure things like that don't happen. Yeah, there's supposed to be a lot of checks and balances that shouldn't let yeah. any of this shit happen. So finally, after a whole bunch of hullabaloo, the Texas Medical Board revoked his license on December 6, 2013, thanks to these two uh, doctors, Dr. Kirby and Dr. Henderson, really kind of getting this ball rolling. Dunch moved to Denver, Colorado, and he kind of went into a downward spiral. He declared bankruptcy after he had had accumulated debts debts of over a million dollars. He was arrested for a DUI and taken for psychiatric evaluation. Um, during one of his visits to see his children because he had children in Dallas. And then he was arrested in Dallas for shoplifting. What the fuck? So this man is off the deep end. Unhinged. Unhinged. So three of his patients, um, Mary Efford, Kenneth Fennell, and Lee Passmore, they all filed separate federal lawsuits against the the original hospital, uh, Baylor Plano, and alleged that the hospital allowed him perform to perform surgeries despite knowing that he was dangerous. And then is the Baylor te- a private institution? I think it is. I think it is too. So they're making money on these surgeries. Yes. So, so why would they take a very profitable surgeon off of the floor when it's going to cost them money? Kate, you have hit the nail on the head. The suit alleged that Baylor Plano made an average net profit of $65,000 on every botched surgery. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So they're not going to say anything. Yeah. It's really horrible. That's disgusting. And private institutions like that shouldn't exist. I said what I said. That's a bold statement. I Um, said what I said. (laughs) Um, So they ended up going into this whole, um, they ended up pressing criminal charges is what happened. The Dallas County District Attorney's Office, they pursued these criminal charges, which was really, like Kate had said, was pretty crazy um, uh, for, uh, it's not a malpractice charge. It's not like that. This is a criminal charge. And the way they were able to do that, they were trying to show um, that the actions were willful and that they were in, intentional as defined by Texas law. So they talked to dozens of patients and survivors, and um, they concluded that the prosecutors found that these acts were indeed criminal and that nothing short of imprisonment would keep him from practicing, practicing this medicine again. 
Yeah. One of the most damning things they found that they used in the prosecution was a 2011 email in which, in which, excuse me, I can't speak. Emma, in which you Dutch, just drunk as hell. As I know, usual. man. I'm just getting worked up. I'm getting so worked <laughs> up. Uh, in which Dunch boasted that he was, quote, ready to leave the loving kindness and goodness and patience that I mix with everything else that I am and become a cold-blooded killer. So I don't know what the fuck to do with that. I don't know if he was having a mental breakdown. He was on cocaine. Yeah, I guess guess that's the the easiest answer. He He was was on cocaine. That's horrifying, and I hate everything about it. Is he still in prison? Please do, Jesus, tell me he's in prison. So? No. uh, (laughs) No. You know what, Kate? No. He is in prison. That's a lie, isn't it? No, he is in prison. Okay. He, and he, you know what? He's not eligible for parole until 2045. Okay. And he will be 74 years old at that time. Okay. Because on February 20th, 2017, after a long and intense trial, he was sentenced to life in prison. Thank fucking God. Okay. I was I was just waiting for you to be like, yeah, but he's out now for good behavior. And nope. He's a nurse at this prominent <laughs> clinic in Arkansas. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Sentenced to life in prison in 2017. Okay, Court God. of Appeals affirmed that with a two-to-one split decision. Um, and then in 2019, a year later than that, they uh, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals refused a petition for discretionary review. Hells yes. Do not listen to anything this man has to say. And that is the story of Dr. Death. What? Okay. So uh, malicious intent is my vote. Is it? So why do you it's- say that? <sighs> The email doesn't help, but emails can be taken out of context, even though that's a yeah. bad one. It is a really bad one to have presented. You, you, it, like, can you imagine having written that? Let's say you were like drunk or something. You wrote something crazy or you were sleep deprived or something. And then later, like what if obviously this guy's guilty, but what if you were innocent and then you like they read that out loud and you're like, it's not what it sounds like. I know it that's says why that not- I want to go kill people, but I, I don't. Know. Well, yeah, that's why you don't talk to the police unless you have a lawyer present. Another PSA for you Kate, guys. Kate, you were full of sage wisdom today. I love it. Even if you didn't do it, don't talk until there's a lawyer present. Don't do it. That's but fair. the reason I think it's malicious intent, here's the thing. I'm trying to put myself in the into the shoes of like an egotistical, um, incompetent surgeon. And... After the first surgery went bad on someone, I would have been like, I don't know. I There's not a chance that I would have taken it on again. I would have, you know, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. To I feel me? like you'd be like, oh, well, like, I like I'd like pout about it maybe if I was like a total psycho. But I wouldn't go back in and do it again, knowing that knowing that I couldn't do it the first time. I think this man is in- totally a sociopath because he literally operated on his friend. Like that was after he had, he had even- paralyzed people. Here's an here's another thing. Um, How do you not? I don't believe for two seconds that you can think that muscle is tumor or take enough to paralyze someone without want without getting enjoyment out of hurting people I mean it's a good point because like I agree with you like I understand that nerves can look really like thin and tricky but you've been trained no, in that muscle and muscle like looks muscle out so different than nerves like you don't have no. to be a doctor to be like this is a big red thing this is a very thin and kind of shimmery white thing 
Here's another thing. And like this is like neurologists and neurosurgeons, what they do is super, super important. And it's super, super highly skilled and nuanced. And I am not what I'm about to say. It has nothing to do with that because I can't do what they do. I don't want to do it. It's awesome what they do. But it's it's the same like five surgeries over and over and over again. Like no disrespect, but it is like it's just in different places of the body. It's like hemilaminectomies and like fusions. Like it's 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 things that you're going to be doing over and over and over again because it's the same cases that are presenting to neurosurgeons a lot like slip discs and whatnot, nerve damage. So you you get very, very practiced at what you do. And I'm saying this because that's what the neurosurgeons where I studied told me they're like, yeah, because like it's very intimidating at first. And they're like, yeah, it's very intimidating, like sawing into someone's back and like poking around their spinal cord but you you know what you're looking for yeah so that case record of 33 out of 38 getting harmed in some ways irreversibly in most ways irreversibly in some ways fatally harmed that doesn't track without being intentionally harmful without without getting pleasure out of hurting someone that does not track to me or if not having I don't, I mean, I guess I, I kind of agree with you because then I think about like the conversation, like your pre-op conversations with your patient and how could you live with yourself? Like it would, my heart would be ripped out for one adverse outcome, which happens in, in you know, surgery or medicine. You're going to have bad outcomes. If you practice enough, bad things will happen. Like, I don't mean that in like it's a horrifying way. I true. just mean, it's just like, if you're not practicing, nothing bad can happen, but there's always complications. And it's heartbreaking when you have to have those conversations. And so the thought that like someone wouldn't be so freaked out and maybe even have a, like have to take space from work because they're so scared of, of re-experiencing the trauma of telling, you know, somebody they're not going to be able to walk again or et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that he doesn't experience that and he can just keep doing it. That's kind of what makes me think, okay, like malicious intent. This guy can rot in prison. I hope he dies in there. Yeah, and then when you look him up, he looks exactly the way you think he would look. Like a fucking sociopath? Yes. Like a like a dude, a tall white guy who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Cool. He looks like a wannabe is what he looks like to me. He's a fucking wannabe. Yeah, we hate him. We hate him. All right, him. guys. To I be know clear, that was- our verdict is he is bad person. Guilty as charged. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> As has been determined by a court ahead of us, but the real verdict right here. You know, I knew that you were, you knew at least some stuff about this one, but I was, it's just, it's gotten a lot of popularity between the podcast that came out a while ago and then now they have a TV show coming out with it. And I just really wanted to like rehash it and see what your, your take on it was because I know you and I haven't had a conversation about it. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up those memories that I repressed. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, and now I'm going to go watch Love Island and and go back to my happy place. Oh, Love Island. Yeah, let's go to Love Island now. <laughs> got a let's text. I got a text. Oh, my gosh. Love Island spin up, spin off. Oh, podcast. I'm so sad that Absolutely. you did the American take rather than the British one. You're watching the American one? You obviously are. You did an American accent. Oh, I got a text. There we go. Better? Yeah, that is better. Okay. The first one I didn't really recognize. I was like, I don't remember. He just like, ticks all my boxes. Yeah. I need to listen to She's more. Just my, a bit my of me. Accent That's is what it is. It's just I a can bit do of it me. really well after I've watched like two episodes in a row. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty spot on. On our next episode, no, just kidding. 
Oh my gosh. I will I will go watch Love Island with you though. But really though, on our next episode, we can't tell you what we're doing yet because we don't know because right now our patrons are voting on it. They are. And also it might be something a little bit different. I won't I won't say. Ooh. Okay, and that is all I have. Um I think that's plenty and That is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am stuffed. Thank what you. What are you gonna do to to lighten lighten your evening up now? Love Island for sure. Well, we're going to be watching Love Island and you go do something fun. Play with your cat, read a book, play a video game. Go like, don't let this evil man um, burn you into your evening. No. Or go binge us if you haven't listened to all of our episodes. If you see something, say something. See something, say something. That's right. All right, guys. We will see you guys next time. We will see you guys next time. Uh, Bye, guys. Say spooky. Bye.